All right. So now we're welcoming you for real. So uh, we're just going to have a fun little show today. Um, and uh, because it's Halloween week, we're going to talk a little bit about some bagpipe horror stories. And uh, I don't know, we, we've, we've done this, I think we did this topic last year too. It's just kind of fun uh, because, of course, playing the bagpipes and drums, um, bad things can happen. And uh, it could be, we'll be slightly educational too because we'll let you know perhaps what you should do if bad things happen. But uh, hopefully you guys will have a few horror stories you can share with us. Uh, Andy uh, Adams is here too. He's probably, he's been around the block. He's probably heard and seen a couple of horror stories. Let us know, uh, um, let us know what you think. Ken says he just got his practice channel, so no horror stories yet other than the awful squeal that it makes when you play. And uh, that can be pretty horrifying. If you heard that in the middle of the night, um, you would probably, you know, you'd probably uh, reach for the baseball bat under the pillow. So, uh, so Ken, we feel for you there. Um, you know, I've got a, I've been working on getting some cane drone reads set up, and you know, uh, the horror story there is there's this one read, but it's tuning like half an inch above the ferrule. So that's pretty bad. Let's see. Jim says, marching first St. Pat's parade. As a new piper, your channer fell out of the bag. So frustrated, couldn't play for a while. Yeah, you didn't break the read though, Jim. So I think you're, I think you're lucky there. It's a lucky break. That's what keeps the horror movie going. Yeah, caught it somehow. I remember that happened. Uh, that's happened in Oranmar, not to me, but that's happened in Oranmar too. You're right. Uh, the person was able to catch it magically and put it back in, uh, which was bizarre. So, uh, so yeah, it reminds me of, um, my first concert with the SFU pipe band was at the Vogue theater, uh, must've been in 2002, March of 2002. And I was the rookie. And so I remember that Dave Hicks and a couple of the other guys were in on it too. Uh, but the, <laughs> we were in the tuning room and they took my good band read out and they put a broken one in its place. Um, and put it back in my pipes. And so uh, when, we, when we blew up again, uh, it sounded like, you know, brutal, right? And, uh, well, and, and I don't think it would really make a sound. And, and I opened it up and it was broken and I was all panicked and they had a good laugh about that. But momentarily, that was uh, definitely a horror story. You don't want to have, as like a, I don't know how old I was. I have to be like, excuse me, Mr. Terry Lee, sir, I, uh, br completely trashed my read. Um, so uh, thankfully they were nice enough to give me the read back after they pulled the prank. That's actually really kind of funny. Yeah. Cause really you story. know, you absolutely, yeah. And you, you panicked, I'm sure <laughs> that happened. <laughs> I was clever enough to notice that the read was darker. Like the read I was playing was pretty fresh. And so the reed was a different color. So thankfully, I think what kept me from like, you know, uh, you know, straight up heart attack was the fact that the reed didn't look the same. So, uh, so I think at least subconsciously I knew, okay, something's not right here. We can solve this problem. Um, but yeah, it's funny. All right. Chris says, have you ever seen the bagpiper ghost in the haunted mansion at Disneyland? 
Do you think I have never seen it? I don't know if others have seen it. Um, I love that ride, but I I never spotted a bagpiper. That's interesting. I mean, I haven't been to Disneyland. The one I went to was in Florida since I was, I don't know, seven or eight. So I, I have no memory of that, but that's interesting that they've got a, got one. I wonder what the purpose is. I mean, bagpipes aren't all that really scary, but I guess. Yeah, it's more, not very scary, but more humorous, yeah. Well, and they do the big elevator drop at the end, right? Is that the same ride I'm thinking of? I think it's a different ride because the elevator drop was the Tower of Terror. Uh, that one yeah. I remember. Okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm not really with the program here. So. Yeah, you'll you'll have to go next time you're in Florida and check it out for us. In the beginning is the drop down. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, but that's kind of cool. All right, Carl, what's your worst uh, bagpipe horror story? I knew you were going to ask this. I think you asked this last year, and I, I don't really remember what I said. Nothing uh, bad has ever happened to you when you played pipes? Oh, plenty of bad has happened to me. I mean, um, I think I told this one last year is that one of my drone reads fell in right before we went on, it must have been Perth or Bridge of Allen, my first year in the band. And I don't know if you, you probably never knew that, but that happened, and I got it cleaned off and fixed before uh so as we were like walking to where we were going to finish tuning up, it wasn't final tuning, but it was after the warm-up process had started. It was a little bit scary. It was before we um we all started threading our drone reads, so it would never, or drone read seats, so that never happens anymore. But uh, that certainly was a, a moment of panic. Um, yeah, that's kind of interesting. The conversation about the Haunted Mansion ride continues i'm pretty sure i've been to the one in california and you do that's people are referring to the tower of terror i'm pretty sure um cool cemetery scene i'm gonna have to go back there and check it out um yeah so the john reed falling in i mean that's happened to everybody i think last year i told the story of how duncan bell saved my life um, because my the actual stock of my blowpipe fell out uh tuning up for a pro contest one year in Fairhill which is very embarrassing uh, because as a pro piper, this stuff's not supposed to happen to you. And if it does, you're supposed to know what to do. But I didn't have a clue. That was back before, you know, if I did have the knowledge to tie on a stock, I certainly wouldn't have had the materials with me. Um, and so uh, that was pretty horrifying. But uh, Duncan Bell came to the rescue there, which was really cool. They're really nice of them to do. Um, so, uh, yeah, I am. I used hemp one year to, to fix a, a, a stock that had come out you just pull a bunch of it out and wind it together twist it twist it up and then you can use that as, as uh, like emergency tie-in cord it's kind of wasteful on the hemp side but it works Mm-hmm. definitely does all right what else do we have out there in the crowd people horror stories any drumming horror stories nothing bad's ever happened to anyone you could have a short show today. That's actually true. I mean, I've got a few more stories, but I want to save them. Horror story. Oh, good one. I traveled four hours to a remote island for a funeral of a well-loved island resident. 
this is already getting scary. 75% of the residents were attending, and my piping was an important part of the ceremony. I arrived just in time after taking a ferry, got changed, opened my pipe box, and you had no chanter. Oh, my God. What did you do? Suspense is killing me. That's, yeah, that's really bad. That is bad. I mean, that's happened to everybody, right? We've forgotten the key. Uh, um, as as uh, Nathaniel perhaps responds to what he did, uh, Ian has a brief one where playing a synthetic bag with no bag cover with a slippery graduation gown. Nothing's worse than when the bag slips like that. He tried to get someone from a nearby island to motor over with a chanter, but there was no time. That is a tragic story. Tom says, new to piping, but in high school I was marching behind a group of horses who had stepped in a huge pile. That is a horror story, and that's probably happened to all of us. <laughs> Yep, or at least we've come close to it happening, that's for sure, on the parade route. That's funny. And then he said, then a ghost ate his head. Um, that's probably a, uh, an exaggeration of the truth. Um, because I remember a, probably a, a horror story from, uh, I think it was over this past year. I forget exactly when it was, but um, somebody had contacted me about doing a funeral. And uh, Andrew will remember the story. It was right here at the dojo. And uh, they contacted me, and, and you know I had a phone number and, and, and the date and the time. So I called the, the funeral director back and said, I'd be happy to, to do this gig for you. Please give me a call back. Here's my number. Um, and I, I think in the message I mentioned that you know, I'd be happy to do the, the funeral on you know, Monday at 5 p.m. or whatever the time was. Um, but please give me a call back and we can confirm uh, the details. Well, I never heard anything back. And so, of course, I promptly forgot about it, didn't hear anything, and didn't think anything more of it until it was, I don't know, 30 minutes before they wanted me playing at the funeral home. We get a call here at the business line because um, he didn't even have my cell phone number. <laughs> it's like, uh, business line, like, uh, where are you? excuse me, how can I help you? Like I, I thought this was just a regular business call. And I, we figured it out. This guy was like, um, was expecting me to be there. And it's like, I, I, I'm sorry, but we never touched bases. Like, you know, how was I supposed to know I was supposed to show up? And I mean, I, I had most of the information, but I specifically said in my message, you know, let's call and confirm um, because at, at that point, I had never talked to anybody related to the funeral. It was just the, um, just somebody had given me the the phone number, and that was bad. I mean, they were very upset, and it's like, you know, I'm sorry, but I didn't have this information. So I ended up going to the funeral, the gravesite, and playing there because I didn't have my uniform with me or anything. Um, but, you know, I just had no idea. But I felt really bad for the for the family, but. Um, you know, and the funeral director was all kinds of annoyed and, and ticked off, but it was his fault. He just 
never, <laughs> they never called it back. It was, that, that was just unfortunate, and that was. It's frustrating because at the same time you also feel badly for the family or whoever that's well, hoping to have a piper and you're not there. So, so it's just uh, that was a bad scene, man. That was bad. Um, I think that's happened yeah. to me definitely. Uh, you know, we've all missed a gig, which is the most terrible, embarrassing thing ever. Um, see, I, I missed it less legitimately. I think I was much younger and, um, like I was actually in high school, I think, and I was scheduled to do a gig at, um, like, a when I was at St. Andrews, which was in Toronto, um, there was a, a chapel on, on campus and there was a wedding there and, you know, I was sort of the school piper. And so they had me do it and I just totally forgot and let this family down. It was the worst thing ever. Terrible. I guess you got to live and learn now. All right, Andy's got some horror stories. Let's hear from you, Andy, for sure. Uh, Jim says, by the way, as we wait, um, Jim says, slipped on a manhole cover and almost fell and would have tripped up the drum line. Yeah, that would have been bad. I'm glad that you managed to hold it together there, Jim. A couple people too new for a horror story. Oh, it's coming for you. This is like that horror movie that you know is going to eventually come true. You know, a drone read will eventually fall in the bag. <laughs> Unless you shop with a dojo, by the way. Just throwing it out there. No, I'm just kidding. That's, uh, that's called shock marketing. We don't like that very much. Okay, David says... Oh, actually, Andy, Andy was first. How about the pipe band that tuned their drones, got them perfect, and then super glued them in place? Oh, no. You're right. Oh. Or the band that muffled the bass drum with styrofoam packing peanuts. Well, that just makes sense, Andy. I don't know. That last one. I think they're just ahead of their time. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't you just fill up the whole bass drum with packing peanuts and it works better? <laughs> oh, the super glue. I can't imagine that. Oh, that's bad. David says, bass drummer falling after stepping in a pothole during a parade. <laughs> Everything went real quiet because the, the drummer, who was a big guy, started pacing to walk it off, and I think we were all afraid he was going to go ballistic. Yeah. You could have heard a pin drop. Everyone was waiting to see what happened. That's a good, that's a good one. A related story is Hunter Mountain Games, where they march down the mountain at the end. I've never seen it happen, but I've heard all the rumors that uh, there have been more than one bass drummer that's gone head over heels down the hill, sort of in a rolling fashion. So that uh, seems to be the latest story. Ian says, anyone ever been kicked out of a hotel? I assure you, many, many pipe bands have been kicked out of hotels. Uh, I was staying in a Hilton in Chicago. Apparently some of the guests didn't appreciate the pipes. Very young, never would have done it. Yeah, you have to be careful what time of day you play pipes in a hotel. And Andy says, in his first pipe band, you muffled the bass drum with paper towels. Yeah, I think we've definitely all done that. Um, all right. Uh, hot oh, wow, drum. look at that. Uh, one of our local bass drummers did the hunter roll. Oh, wow. Jim, we would love to have him on as a special guest because... I'd love to hear that story. Or maybe it's not that enlightened. So um, I'm clicking on this link. Let's hope. Look at that. There is a piper. 
it's the whole two drone like medieval piper thing going on. But there it is. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It is. I wonder if there are any I wonder if there are any like Halloween movies with bagpipers in them. I don't know of any off the top of my head, but does anyone in the audience know of any ones? Kind of interesting. Uh, David, if this isn't a joke, this is amazing. He said he was tooting up for a wedding off in the woods. He saw goons in black suits with headsets running around. Then one of them said, there he is, get him, and ordered him to stop. Were they like secret spies or something, David, or what? So I Married an Axe Murderer isn't exactly, it's more of a comedic movie, but it's definitely the classic bagpiper scene there. Ashby was a bagpiping zombie last Saturday. There's a lot of zombie parties happening. Um, as much as people are getting sick of zombies, you have to admit they're way better than the whole vampire phase. <laughs> yeah. Were there any other creative uh, bagpipe or Scottish-related costumes over the past weekend? I guess um, I was out of town, but I guess most of the Halloween parties happened last weekend because... It's, I guess, bad to have a Halloween party after the 31st, like this weekend. I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Bagpiping Klingon. I, I kind of like that. That's cool. Alrighty. Well, I'm uh, I think I'm kind of out of stories. What else do I have? Uh, I mean, I remember. I won't say his name in SFU, but I remember one year uh, the player was playing a Ganaway with a zipper, and the zipper blew out in the bag. Um, only a little bit out of time, and and the person almost fainted. Just because you don't really realize it as it's happening, and you have your mind in tone zone. But then you no longer have the air that you need to keep the tone going. It was kind of a, it's kind of interesting, and it was definitely a little bit. Must have been a horror story for them. Ooh, Ashby as a bagpiping zombie. Oh my God, that's horrifying. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's really good. Oh hey, uh, while we have a moment, uh, I, I meant to mention this earlier. Uh, but um, Dojo U uh, has been um, working a little bit lately on our sponsorship program, and we do have our first um, official sponsor of Dojo U, and I definitely want to uh, speak about them uh, really briefly, and so I'll do that right now. That sponsor is uh, Dave Atherton, and Dave makes uh, specialty, um, really, really high-end, great Highland bagpipes. Um, and his website, I believe, is dmatherton.com. I'm going to find that for you real quick here. Um, and you can check Dave out. He's making a really top quality product that's being played by top pipers around the world. Um, and actually, Ashby, you're the person that reminded me because um, he plays a set of Atherton's. Um, they're super awesome. He's got a bunch of sets in stock, totally handmade, 
Um, he went through uh, apprenticeships, uh, and uh, I can vouch that his instruments are absolutely um, creme de la creme. And uh, the other thing is that he's offering a 10% discount on any pipes that he has in stock um, to Piper's Dojo um, fans or members. So if you go over to his site and you're interested in purchasing any of his sets, you can get a... Uh, um, a 10% discount there, which on those sets, because they, they will run a little bit more expensive, but you're looking at uh, some significant savings on um, an instrument that'll really be the bagpipe of a lifetime there. So uh, so welcome, Dave, and thank you very much uh, for helping helping us out. And, uh, you know, we will uh, be, we're super pumped to have him as a sponsor and, and to help him promote his product here at, at Dodo U. So, uh, so that, that's, that'll do that for now, and, and you'll hear more about that uh, moving forward. Um, so that that was a good opportunity to throw that in there. Um, I know Eric a lot. He's the pipe sergeant of Orin Moore. Uh, he's played Atherton's, and and his pipes are. Um, you know what's interesting about Atherton's, which some people might freak out at this, but it's not something to freak out about at all. I find that Atherton's and Orin Moore are so harmonic and rich that some of the more basic tuners actually have trouble. Uh, finding the fundamental because the heart, the harmonics, the, the harmonic spectrum, spectrum is so like um, uh, is just so intense, you know, and, and so uh, so really really cool. Um, have you found that too, Carl? I know sometimes you're going around doing doing uh, drones, broken stock. Yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like it's certainly easier to tune them with your ear um, than some other pipes, um, just because the human ear is much easier to, to you know, pick up and, and rule out the, the harmonics that we don't need for tuning. Um, but yeah, some of the Korg tuners, the, the cheapo tuners, they can be a little more wishy-washy on, on those. But I find that with any really, really good set of pipes that sound that's in tune, um, the closer they get in tune, the less accurate some of those cheap tuners can be. Yeah. That's why we use the Peterson. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, uh, Dave, check out, uh, as the last thing we'll say on this, um, check out his media gallery that he's got on his website. It's just like, if if nothing else, it's just amazing to see amazing bagpipes, um, you know, great photographs, and, and he does such amazing work. So, Okay, Joanne has a horror story. I was competing at the Maxwell Games many eons ago, and I was getting my pipes ready. I realized I forgot my blowpipe in the other set of pipes I use for band. Uh, if any of you know me, you know that I have an extremely sharp blow stick, so uh, it's hard to find a replacement. So you had to run around to find a little kid. <laughs> yeah, that is not what you want to go through uh, right before you're going to play. By the way, we had another question. How did you all thread your drone stocks? And Ashby, we're not actually threading the stocks. What we're threading is the actual reed seat where the reeds actually attach in. Um, we thread the reed seats so that there's an actual thread there, and we, that way we're able to twist the drone reeds in. And then there's really, as long as you uh, you know hemp your drone reeds properly, there's no. It's basically impossible for those reeds to fall out into the bag. So that's a trick that that's been starting to happen. I know how to, bag, how to. Go ahead, Carl. I was going to say, I know how to answer this question because I can actually show you because this is quite um, 
quite in line with today's theme is, is that it is a little bit scary to do <laughs> in a way. Um, yes. So let me just show you in a little bit here. Just give me a second. Cool. Carl's going to give us a little demonstration. That's pretty cool. Um, so Joanne, great horror story there. Oh, had a head go in the roll-off at a competition. Can you switch drums on the go? Wow, that is not legal. So if you got away with that, that's an incredible story. Um, so good, good on you, Roger. Ken says, since we brought it up, how far in do you place the reads? Now, if you're referring to the drone reads, um, generally speaking, uh, we just place them Oh my goodness, things are flying around. Generally speaking, we would just place them uh, where they fit. Things are tuning in the right spot. That's what we would do. So you can sort of tell based on how reads are made. How to adjust, then, uh, then you're good to go. Um, Kevin, what size tap do you use? Carl's going to get into that. Let's do a couple more of these stories here. Sister sat on the channel and snapped it in half. That is the worst. Ooh, ouch. I've done that. That's a horror story. I did that to Matt MacArthur's channel. We were doing a photo shoot, actually, for the Dojo U promo video, which you guys have probably seen on our homepage. Uh, we were we were jamming a little bit, and it was freezing cold that day, and we just needed some cool shots for our promo video. So, uh, and I, I remember grabbed Matt's channel negative degree, literally. Uh, Fahrenheit. So it was that cold and it just, it didn't hold up. All right. John says, get a tap and die set. So on and so forth. Yep. Carl's going to show us that. John overblew and shut off all three drones during a competition. Still took fourth place. Wow. Good job. You must have been really good in the other areas. All right, Carl, you're on, buddy. I'm, I'm uh, turning off my video. Cool. So I have a as, as people pointed out, a tap and die set here. Um, I have both a metric and a, a standard SAE set. Um, and I just kind of go through and figure out which one fits best. The, the goal is to thread only the part of the, and this is my a tenor stock, or not stock, sorry, pin, bottom section, um, is to thread only the very, very end of the, the, um, the reed seat because you don't want to take or, or score any of the inside of the, the drone. You don't want anything that's going to interrupt the airflow or cause any disturbance in the airflow. So you want that to be perfectly smooth, the bore here. Um, so I'm really only threading the part that will come in contact with the reed itself. Um, so it, it's get impossible to see here on the video, but I can actually feel the threads here on the hemp where it's actually molded into the threads. And you probably won't be able to see the threads here on the inside of this. No. It's, uh, maybe you can see a there. couple of the lines there. We just need more light. Uh, I lost, I left, left my uh, phone in my office. So anyway, I, I go through and I pick the right size um, thread just by trial and error. Um, and that way I can find the one that's going to thread the right area on the reed seat. 
And this is a too small, and it'll go too far in. This, you're walking is kind of like a horror movie, like a Blair Witch Project moment here. So, well done, there, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to keep in, in in theory here. Let's see. What's going to be the best way to do this? Maybe that way. Yeah, you can't quite see it here. Mm. Yeah, I'm just not sure where you're going to be able to see the threads from. There may be a little bit. see something going on. Yeah, you can see the threads in there yeah. now. Yep. There's the threads. So see how it's it's right at the very, very, very top edge here um, of, of the reed. So uh, it's best, I mean, honestly, half of these came from like a, a garage sale where we just picked up a bunch of random sizes. Um, and this one happens to be a 7 um, and uh, by a 1 32nd thread. Um, tap and this one is um, most common, but you'll you'll find from set to set and even uh, your two tenors will, all, should be the same, but the base is usually different. So I just grab whichever one fits best, and then you put it in your um, the holder here. I don't know what, exactly what they call this, um, and then the trick here is not to just you don't want to just put it in and start turning. Um, you really do want to get it in straight in every direction, right? You don't want to be crooked. Straight, and then you want to push in fairly hard. Um, or not soft anyway. We don't want it to strip the threads and just pull material out. You want it to thread in. And so you want to go in one, two turns, and then do a slight back turn. And what that does is it breaks the... the, the um, the, the shavings off uh, and allows it to clear the thread so that it clean it, it continues to cl cut cleanly. Um, you don't want to just do three or four turns in. You want to go a turn in and then a slight back turn. I mean, it's very little. Just break the threads um, and then keep going back in a little further and back a little bit. Um, and then I like to have when I'm done. I like to see about three revolutions. So that's how far I will go in, about three revolutions. Again, you just want to make sure that it does the top. Um, a little beeswax on the top helps ease things. That's interesting, John. I didn't know that. Um, it's a great suggestion. After that, I do blow this out. and then Yeah, he does woodworking. I know that. Yeah, he does um, woodworking, so I trust, I trust his uh, advice there. That's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, and then so after that, I just clean it out with a, a brush, um, with the, which has a little oil on it, and and that's it. Um, you will have to add a little hemp to your drone reeds though, um, and then thread them in. And once I get this in here, I'm pulling out this way, and I cannot get this to come out. I mean, I'm pulling really hard; it won't come out, um, and so it's never going to yeah. fall. Out. The resonance of the the resonance of your drone reads improves immediately when you thread it as well. You'd be surprised. At least I, I can, I can definitely sense it on mine when that happens. And then the other thing to stress uh, that Carl touched on uh, was if you thread it properly, oops, I guess I have to come back on my webcam. If you thread it properly, you, you're, there's, it's impossible to negatively impact the sound because you're not digging in anywhere other than where the drone read would be touching the, the inside of the bore anyway. 
right? So it's not that bad. Like some people are like, ooh, I, I wouldn't want to do that to my pipes. Well, find somebody that, you know, knows a thing or two about, you know, like I, I, don't, I actually wouldn't do it. I would just have Carl do it just because he's done a little bit of this handy dandy work before. And other than that, I know it's a totally safe thing. Ashby says, I wonder why pipe makers do not do this. Well, it's not a mainstream thing yet. It will be pretty soon. McCallum is starting, uh, McCallum does it on all of the chanters now, which is great. Um, I, a lot of chanter makers are doing that with the reed seat and the chanter. And I'm pretty sure we're going to see pipe makers start to do it over time as well, because it's, it's a no-brainer. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, it's super easy to do for yourself or to have somebody do it for you. as well so all right let's um let's do this let's hear any last horror stories and any last questions and then let's wrap it up early today rather than uh beating a dead horse here as i say which is a very bizarre saying ashby did i see ashby's what was ashby Uh, I haven't seen yours, Ashby. What was the topic matter again? I see it here. It's um, horror story. Rocking uh, had a rocking chair break at Coco Bolo practice channel. Ouch! Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's um. That's got to be the worst feeling too. Just rocking, nice and relaxed. That 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 crunch. Ooh, oh. Ooh, that hurt. Uh, well, that, yeah. Without actually beating me, my father beat that into me as a kid, which was you never leave your practice chanter like on a sitting surface or on the floor ever, ever, ever. Um, so, uh, yeah, then that's why. It's like eventually that kind of thing happens. It's one thing with a drumstick because you only spent 30 bucks on them or whatever. Um, Jim says, does threading help improve the airtight seal? And the answer is yes, absolutely. You're able to get that in yeah. really nice and snug and that, that sucker ain't moving. I broke a plastic practice channel once. Um, the, the very first practice channel that I had, the, the top section of it, um, and it was plastic, but the top section I had was uh, I don't know who, who made it now. Um, I have no idea. It disappeared a long time ago. But the mouthpiece itself had a very thin, um, thin top to it, and that snapped off once on the couch while I sat on it. So I did that once, but it was still playable. He just kind of awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's a good spot for me anyway. Um, thank you guys very much for coming. Uh, and we'll wrap it up here. Yep, a couple more broken channel stories there. Yep. And John, yep, speculating that the vibration probably transfers better into the drone. Yes, I think you're totally right there. It makes ever so slightly better harmonic uh, uh, thingamajig there, so. Yeah, exactly. All right, good session, guys. Thanks very much for coming. Uh, we'll be on uh, tonight with the usual Dojo U stuff, and 
Uh, let's see. We'll see you back here next week for more for more good stuff. Indeed. Thanks, everybody.